It's a midterm election year, so of course the voting rights kick into high gear. Tapper at CNN tries to do a little bit of journalism, and the FBI as much as admits that they were involved in 1-6. All today, Eric's America. You have come to the right place. Hope you love America. Hope you're tired of the same thing all day, every day. Bringing you a different point of view. Bringing you the right point of view. From an everyday American. Recorded all over. No agenda, just America. Hello, welcome back. Welcome back. As you probably noticed, the theme is still the same. Working on it, uh, it's actually kind of embarrassing uh, that it isn't done yet, but it will be soon. It will be soon, and you won't have to hear the same old intro and outro and all that good business. Um, a whole hell of a lot to get into today, actually. Uh, a whole bunch of stuff going on. It's uh, it's uh, quite uh, insane at the moment, just because there's so many angles going on, so many things coming out. It's it's really. Uh, really interesting uh first i want to thank everybody for listening checking out the show rating reviewing following please continue to do that it does make a huge difference uh if you enjoy the show uh tell a friend and maybe the friend will like it too and uh all it'll do is help this thing grow and uh get into new and fun things so it uh, helps out tremendously really really appreciate it and i appreciate everybody that has been listening and uh it's uh it makes a huge difference and uh Gives me more motivation to keep doing it. Although, although to be honest, I would still do it anyway because, in a way, it's kind of uh, therapy. You know, it's kind of therapy for me because it allows me to kind of vent and not just yell at the TV. So, you know, because then people think you're kind of crazy. But hey, you know, that's uh, that's how that goes. A lot to get into today. Uh, it is the midterm elections coming up this year, and I'm sure all that is going to be ramping up very soon uh, in the areas where there are, uh, you know, Senate races and uh, House races, all that sort of thing. It is a um, it is a midterm. It is going to right now. It looks like it is uh, the Republicans to lose, basically. I mean, they can either screw it up or they can, uh, you know, uh, do what they're supposed to do and go ahead and win. Um, there's a large number, a large number of Democrats that are either choosing not to run uh, in the midterm uh, or retiring basically and uh, that's a bad sign but i think it's just obvious because the numbers have been so so bad because uh so unpopular at the moment that they realize hey i don't want to get my ass kicked uh it looks better for me to say yeah i'm good i'm not going to run this time uh other than uh just getting their asses kicked uh because that'll send a bad message uh you know nationally which uh there's going to be i mean i don't know how you can get a worse message than what's going on right now anyway uh, so, of course, on cue, uh, from all sides, we're getting the new uh, voting uh, push for, and again, we've joked about this, I know there's many people that joke about this, whatever the name of the bill is, it's going to do the exact opposite. So, they're pushing the John Lewis Voting Rights Bill. Okay. Um, it has nothing to do with protecting or preserving voter rights okay uh it diminishes 
uh, the right to vote. And what I mean by that is the fact that once you open it up to anyone and everyone who just wants to walk in and vote, whether they're legal, illegal, whether they're, uh, you know, uh, ID, whether they vote 15 times or they mail it in 10 times, uh, once you do that, you're diminishing the right to vote because people have the right as a U.S. citizen that is not a violent felon, all that sort of thing, you have the right to vote. By diminishing that, by putting in people that aren't allowed to vote, shouldn't be voting, people who uh, vote more than once, you are diminishing that right. So therefore, this whole thing is to push federal, and this is the one thing that uh, there should be no, no question about. People should understand this very simply federalizing things is not how to go about any of it period this was very very fundamental in the beginning the creation of this country that you would have a limited federal and a strong state governments there's a reason there's a very good reason for that the people you know the people you know the best the local people your neighbors your family members those are the people that you know and trust the most. Those are the people that you are more familiar with. So those are the people that you want making uh, more decisions that affect your life directly. And this uh, this was, you know, obviously the idea was at the time, especially at that time when, you know, many people would have never, never even seen um, a picture of you know the president or maybe even uh you know members of congress i mean obviously they wouldn't know members of the congress or the senate that wasn't from their state they knew the people in their state because they were local you know they would get a chance to go see them speak or or to meet them or maybe they knew them in their uh, their uh, community so there was a reason for this it made more sense it still makes way more sense you know, people that are local, people that know the local situation should have more power to deal with it. And you have more of a say in changing that. And that was the whole point. And so that's uh, that was the whole idea behind it. It still stands very strong today. But no, that's not what we're going for. We are going for uh, nationalizing everything, a centralized, all-powerful state, which is yeah, you know, um, what, whatever name you want to give it, communism, fascism, uh, they are very closely linked. Uh, no matter what anyone wants to uh, try to put them on different sides, uh, they are on uh, different sides of the uh, same uh, Marxist agenda. So whatever uh, they want to say about that, that's whatever. Uh, none of it has to do with uh, individual freedom and uh, rights and, you know, conserving our uh founding ideals so therefore uh none of it has to do with anything on the right um this is i'm going to start out with this because this is kind of unbelievable so cnn's in the game of course they're in the game uh which is kind of weird because uh there's one of their uh anchors who's trying to do a little bit of journalism this week i'm sure he'll uh he'll recover he may have covid you know what i mean he may just have COVID. Uh, I think they uh, had mentioned you may get brain fog, which is just retarded. Uh, you're not getting brain fog from, uh, you know, having uh, the sniffles. But anyway, uh, CNN apparently uh, is, wow, they are really involved. And they made this asinine commercial, just asinine. On a faraway beat. 
celebration called Our Greatest, Save the World from Tyranny. In an office we know as Oval, a new generation president faced down an imminent threat of nuclear war. Okay. On a bridge in Selma, Alabama, the preacher of his time marched us straight to passing voting rights for every American. Right. At a gate in West Berlin, a late generation American president demanded an enemy superpower tear down a wall and liberate a continent. American generations answering the call of their time with American ideals. Freedom, liberty, justice. Now see, that would make a perfect thing. You'd say, hey, I agree with all that. That sounds great. That's really uh, uplifting to the country. Um, wow, that's on CNN. Yeah, they fuck it up. Don't worry. Don't worry. Never underestimate their ability to fuck things up. Uh, they are much like Joe Biden, according to uh, Obama. For today's generation of leaders, the call has come again to protect our freedom to vote, to fortify our democracy by passing the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Because America... We are not going back. We are going forward. Yes, that's strange. That's strange. I agreed with everything until uh, fortifying our democracy. Well, again, let me go on my rant. We're not a democracy, so it doesn't need fortified. And wasn't that the same wording they used when they admitted that they uh, cheated on the uh, 2020 thing? They said, yeah, I mean, we suppressed stories. Uh, we passed a bunch of laws. So, uh, you know, everything would be different. We could get these votes through and that vote through. Uh, we fortified. So they're coming right out and saying, hey, we want to cheat. We want to cheat. And we really, really, really want to um, uh, have an official stamp on cheating. Now, this is really strange because this this is something actually uh that is in um hayek's uh road to serfdom actually uh he talks about things being legal or the rule of law and that is the uh you know and he talks about basically he's talking about you know hitler and the nazis and what they did in uh germany and it is very uh poignant to this point now if you have the levers of government and they approve something, then it is technically legal. But it does not mean it conforms to the rule of law. And that is what they're talking about doing. You know, they want to make something legal that does not conform to the rule of law. And so that's what they're pushing, and they're pushing it really hard. Why? Because they know they are about to get plowed under in the midterms, and there is no outlook where this gets any better for Biden or any of the rest of them anytime real soon. So again, they're looking at midterms, getting their asses kicked, and probably more than likely getting routed in 24. And obviously, if they can pass this, that's why there's the push for it. If they can pass this, then they're not going to have to worry about that. They're not going to have to worry about that at all. Here is the ever-bumbling, stumbling uh, jackass that uh, occupies. Well, I don't even know if he occupies the Oval Office because uh, he has all the sets set up to where he doesn't actually have to go to work, which is something nobody seems to be interested in. But, hey, uh, here he is uh, doing his uh, speech yesterday. This is terrible. Here we go. 
also time to pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. I've been having these quiet conversations with members of Congress for the last two months. I'm tired of being quiet. Well, we're tired of you talking. So, you know, anytime you want to be quiet is fine with uh, pretty much everybody, Joe. Uh, if you could shut the hell up and uh, go back to your, um, you know, go back to your tea and uh, naps, that would be just fine with the rest of us. But, uh, no, he's he, he pushes hard. Uh, he wants voting rights and uh to uh, turn the uh, screws of the American justice system against, well, me and you. Here we go. Do you want to be on the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Do you want to be on the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? This is the moment to decide, to defend our elections, to defend our democracy. Well, you know, uh, three of the four are all on the same side. So... Hmm. Hmm. Maybe that's a problem. Uh, here's the problem with the first statement there. Bull Connor and John Lewis, <laughs> they're fighting on the same side, both Democrats. <laughs> Might be a problem. And then Abraham Lincoln, yes, he was the first Republican president. So, yeah, there's a difference there. And Jefferson Davis, again, a Democrat. Yeah, so uh, they're all on your side, Joe. Uh, the only one that wasn't on your side was Abraham Lincoln. So whose side are you on? You might want to you might want to check that. Maybe somebody should check the copy. And of course, you know, we go through this whole thing where uh, you know they have tried so hard uh, what is truly known as the big lie in this country is the cover up and the diversion of what the Democrat party has always been and still is today, the party of racism. They always have been and apparently always will be uh, whatever form that takes, whatever is expedient to them and giving them power, whoever they have to discriminate and tear down and fight against hurt, kill, maim, whatever they have to do to secure absolute power that is what they've been about that's what they've been about since andrew jackson and that's what they will be about till that party is dismantled and uh many hoped that that would happen during the civil war it did not and uh it should have died a a slow it should have died a quick and and you know very painful end then and it did not, and it reared its ugly head, and we still have to deal with it today. Uh, we'll go on. Joe had more to say about uh, how, uh, I guess, people like myself, uh, you know, me and you, uh, I guess we're domestic terrorists as well. Find a way to pass these voting rights bills. Debate them. Vote. Let the majority prevail. And if that bare minimum is blocked, we have no option but to change the Senate rules, including getting rid of the filibuster for this. Wow. Yeah, just this one time, though. Just this one time, you get rid of the filibuster, you know, just because it's expedient. Now, now, if they weren't in power and the Republicans said, yeah, these Democrats are getting in the way of everything, we're just going to eliminate the filibuster, I mean, you can imagine. Uh, they claimed that the, the Republicans were going to get rid of the filibuster and ram everything through, uh, uh, you know, in 2017. But apparently that didn't happen. But he's all up for it, of course. Now we're going to get rid of the filibuster. We're going to cover that today. And then here's more about uh, foreign and domestic terrorism. I will not yield. I will not flinch. I will defend the right to vote. Our democracy against all enemies, foreign and, yes, domestic. Oh, okay. Well, considering you don't have a democracy to defend, that should be pretty easy. 
Um, all you have to do is shut the hell up. We have a constitutional republic, Joe. We don't have a democracy. We do not live by, he said, oh, you know, let the majority rule. No, that's not our system. It's not been our system because we're not a democracy. Here's the problem. You know, I have a problem. I'm going to talk about this point a lot today. If you do not have the basic understanding of how the shit works, you do not need to have the job, right? That's pretty simple. If you don't know how to drive, you're not going to be a truck driver, right? That seems pretty fucking simple. Seems pretty easy to understand that you don't give people uh, jobs that they have no understanding of how the system works, right? We don't take people off the street who are cab drivers and say, hey, you know what? You drive a cab. You would be a really good idea. Let's put you uh, as a fighter jet pilot. We don't do that. Why? Because they have no idea what the hell they're doing. Same thing should apply if you are going to be in charge and in the government. If you do not understand how the system works, then you cannot serve. Why? Because if you have no basic understanding of the system, then how the hell are you going to then work within the system? It's pretty basic. It's pretty usual. People out here deal with that all the time. We deal with it all the time. I'm not an engineer, so therefore, I don't apply for engineering jobs. Why? I don't know what the hell I'm doing. This applies to this. He doesn't even know what system of government we have. How could he possibly be the president of a system he doesn't even understand? That seems to be a large problem. Seems to be a large problem with a lot of these people. Really does. Uh, but, you know, hey, it's, uh, you know, and of course, this goes way back because the Democrats have wanted to end the uh, end the filibuster only when it's inconvenient for them, of course. Uh, any other time they love the filibuster, just uh, just check the record and find out when the longest filibusters were. Uh, they were all Democrat, by the way. Um, the two longest were all filibuster and uh, were the all the Democrats and they wanted to, uh, you know destroy uh the civil right oh, wait a second was he talking about civil rights oh yeah that's right uh his party tried to block it uh, you may not want to look that up joe doesn't want you to look that up don't google it don't google it you should tell him that joe don't google it don't google it i know you told him the other day to google where to find their tests but don't google about the civil rights and the filibuster you may not want to do that because then you'd find out well it was his party and friends of his uh, some good buddies of his that wanted to uh you know really really stomp out the uh stomp out the civil rights act yeah so may not want to check that here is uh this is interesting schumer of course he's on board with ending the filibuster he's all about it it's really strange though uh because here um here he is in 05 it's been a while. It's been a little while. Here he is in 05 uh, with a little different take on it. Bottom line is very simple. Mm -hmm. The ideologues in the Senate mm. want to turn what the founding fathers called the cooling saucer of democracy into the rubber stamp of dictatorship. We will mm. yeah. let them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yay. Mm. They want, because they can't get their way on every judge, yeah, yeah. to change the rules in midstream, to wash away 200 years of history. <laughs> they want to make this country into a banana republic, where if you <laughs> don't there. get your wow. way, you change the rules. Are we going to let them? Yeah. Oh, it'll be a doomsday for democracy if we do. 
Well, again, can we stop with the democracy thing? I get so sick of this. And, and it's people on, on the right, the people that, you know, there's people that I like and respect, and they do the same damn thing. And the only way that this is going to end is if people start calling it what it is. The only thing democratic about our system is when we vote. And that is only when it's local elections. And what I mean by that is even considering Senate elections and House of Representatives, they're still local because they're your representatives from your state. On a national scale, we do electoral college. We've talked about that. We've went through that. We don't have mob rule. We do not. There is a reason for all these things. You do not want, you know, I know a lot of people talk about, man, you know, it'd be great if we could just get things done. Why are they so slow? Why does it take so long uh, in Congress? That's what it's supposed to be. It is set up that way. It is set up to where no government, no party, no people in charge can just ram through everything they want instantly. That is the point of our system. And that's why you get people like Biden and all these people going, oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if our system's good because those dictators in other countries, they can get things done quicker. Yeah, they can also kill a lot of people quicker, too. But, you know, hey, um, how's that worked out for the rest of the world? You want to you want to mention how all that uh, efficiency in having one person make all the decisions for everybody, how that has uh, worked out well? Uh, for uh, the rest of the world, um, hmm, probably not. You probably don't want to. Uh, probably don't want to venture down that road because it doesn't look good. It doesn't work out well. It doesn't work out well. But you know, Biden. He's all these people are all descendants, all uh, adherents to the early twentieth century progressives, starting with Woodrow Wilson. You know, who hated the Founding Fathers, the first president to really come out and bash the Founding Fathers and our system of government. He hated it. You know, he was he was very much a uh, institutional. Uh, he wanted experts to run everything. He wanted the power to be taken away from the people that people were stupid and dumb. He hated our system. He was a vile human being, too. But uh, he was, uh, you know, very. uh he loved the administrative state and experts and experts would let the, you know, the bureaucracy know what to do. And then, you know, you didn't need all these pesky things like the Supreme court and Congress and all that. It just, Oh, it just slowed everything down and he couldn't push through everything he wanted. Although he got enough done to uh, damage this country in a very real way for a very long time. Um, but that's where this comes from. That's where this whole thing, um, comes from so here is uh you know we played the ad from cnn uh here's jake tapper now apparently he's done a little bit of journalism this week now i'm not gonna hold my breath i'm sure it's not gonna last he probably is ill you know this happened you know this happens every once in a while i think he catches a cold maybe the flu uh and uh, you know gives him the brain fog you know and he just just stumbles in and asks some questions and you're like oh wow uh he probably does remember being a journalist but it's usually quickly quickly goes away uh here he is talking to eric adams from new york which by the way if anybody thought that getting rid of one dictator and uh, bringing in another progressive was going to uh change things no 
no it's just it's just as bad it's not getting worse here he is uh talking about the uh new voting that's uh they're wanting to do in new york you're gonna love this last night that you're going to support a law passed last month in new york city which will allow roughly eight hundred thousand legal non-citizens to vote in local elections provided that they've lived in new york for at least 30 days you previously called the bill problematic and expressed concern about giving a right to vote to non-citizens oh, who've only what? been here for a short amount of time Hater. i think there are a lot of americans watching right now who might share your concerns and, and also yeah. have more broadly questions about the idea of people who have not taken can, a citizenship who haven't sworn an oath to the country getting to vote why did you change your mind and why is it acceptable for non-citizens to vote in an american election no, I did not change my mind. I supported the concept of the bill. The one aspect of that I had a problem with was problematic was the 30-day part of being in the country for 30 days was the place that I had questions. And I sat down with my colleagues. 30 days. I'm a big believer in a conversation. We have to start talking to each other and not at each other. This is why. This is why everyone, and I do mean everyone, and that doesn't, and that does not just mean on the right or on the left. This is why most regular people, unless you are some crazed ideologue, hate politicians, hate them, vehement hate for politicians, is because of this shit. You go out and you say something, hey, I oppose this. You get elected because people say, hey, that guy uh, thinks the way I do. And then you go in and say, well, I didn't really oppose it. I had this one question about this one thing, but we need to start having these conversations. Yeah, the conversation is shut the hell up and do what you said you were going to do. You oppose it. We agree. Fucking do what we elected you to do. But they won't because he got in office and all the progressive money came around. They said, hey, listen, you know, we, we have this fascist agenda for America. And for that to work, we need lots and lots of illegal votes. And we can't have you down there while we're trying to pass our laws in Washington to get illegal votes all over the country so we can keep in power. We can't have you screwing it up down there in New York and being all hell-bent on only legal citizens being able to vote. I mean, we can't have that kind of bigotry going on down there. So you better fall in line. He goes on to say more. And after hearing this. their rationale and their theories, um, be, uh, I thought it was more important to not veto the bill or get in the way at all and allow the bill to move forward. In New York City, just Brooklyn, for example, okay, Brooklyn. 47% of Brooklyn I speak a language other than English at home when I was the bar president. And so I think it's imperative that people who are in a local municipality have the right to decide who's going to govern them. And I support the overall concept of that bill. Does okay, so I've got another question. What the f hell does it matter? What language they speak at home? Does that matter? Does that matter? Does it matter what language they speak at home to if they're legally allowed, if they're legal citizens and allowed to vote? No. Answer is no. Doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. That's the kind of bullshit these people bring out. Again, the reason people hate politicians. 
This is the kind of spin shit that people get paid millions of dollars to write in a back room. They come up and say, well, if you're asked this question, uh, you know, we don't really want you to answer because it it'll sound dumb. So here, here's some garbage you can throw at them to make people think that you've made a point. You made no point. I don't give a shit what anybody says at home. It's none of my business. What my business is, is as a U.S. citizen. If you are a legal U.S. citizen, then you have every right to vote and determine how the government works. If you are not a legal U.S. citizen, then why the hell would you have any right to vote? It's real simple. Because if that's the case, then why don't we just go start asking the world, huh? Maybe Europe wants to weigh in on our election, huh? Maybe we'll just get some mail-in ballots from the UK. See what they think about it. Oh, fuck that. Why stop there? Why stop there? Maybe the Middle East would like to weigh in on it too, huh? We got some South America. Maybe Venezuela would like a few votes. We want to get some mail-ins from down there. See what they think about it. It's the same principle. It's the same point. There is a reason for membership. There are lots of things. Now, what you're saying is these people are here. They're not documented. They've only been here for 30 days. So they have no skin in the game whatsoever. That's the other point. No skin in the game. You get all the benefits with none of the, uh, with none of the responsibilities. I think fucking not. I don't think so. You would not allow that in anything else you do. Why would you do this? Of course, it's a progressive fascist agenda. You got to get total and complete control. He goes on to say some other dumb shit. Uh, but yeah, that whole thing, well, they speak different languages at home. That's another problem. You know, that's another problem when it comes to what's the language. I don't care what they speak at home. What do I care? You know, there for a long time, that was a big thing. Well, everybody in America needs to become multilingual because we're being, you know, very oppressive by making everybody speak English. Why? Why would that be oppressive? Why would that be oppressive? That's like, uh, you know, deciding to go to Mexico and be like, you guys are a bunch of fucking racist. Yeah, you guys don't speak uh, English. All you speak Spanish. Y'all are a bunch of racists. Going to China and be like, what the hell's wrong, you bunch of racists? You don't speak English? The hell? Wonder what the, you know, this is the same kind of shit. And it is, the, you know, it's it's the same all over. It's so, so bizarre. But they, they try to make these counterpoints that make no sense. Well, they speak a different language at home, so they should be able to vote. What the hell are you talking about? That makes no sense. Oh, my God. He rides a bicycle. He should be able to buy gas. What? What are you talking about? Are we talking about the same thing? Hello? Hello? Smack him on the head. Are we? Are, are you awake in there? Is the light bulb on? What's going on? Didn't the bill just make a mockery of the idea of American citizenship, though? Yes. I mean, this is just for yes. local elections, but does that mean, like, next, uh, New York City is going to want non-citizens to vote in federal elections? No. I mean, it, come on, Jake. And what do you say to all the people who Jake. went through the process, the difficult Stop. process of becoming an American citizen, studying for the test, swearing an oath of allegiance to the United States of America, who, who now see this legislation just saying, well, anyone who's here, you can go ahead and vote. Uh, well, I, I, tell to, I say to them, keep doing it. Uh, you know, membership has its privileges. Uh, being a member of Does what it? we call United States of America is a great privilege. And I, I would tell them, keep doing it. Be encouraged. Uh, this is a great opportunity. What an arrogant piece of garbage. What an arrogant shit. And somebody should. And I wish Jake Tapper had the balls. I wish one of these reporters had the balls to go, you arrogant little shit. 
Yeah, keep voting while I fucking sub- subvert it to do whatever I want it to do. But keep voting. Yeah, yeah, you little people. Yeah, keep voting. Keep voting, you arrogant piece of garbage. Arrogant ass. Can't stand people like this. Ugh. To be a member of this great country, uh, don't let anything daunt you or take you away from that mission. Uh, this legislation is not going to do that. Keep becoming a citizen of this country. Oh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't do that. It just allows everybody else to vote. And so that diminishes your vote, which, you know, you don't want to talk about. Oh, just keep voting. I mean, yeah, yeah, keep voting. I mean, I'm going to get what I want. But, yeah, you little people, just keep going, doing it. Keep signing that paper. Yeah, yeah. What an arrogant piece of shit. He should be taken out of office today. Today. Should be walked out of office. Period. All these people. Terrible, terrible human beings. Harkens back to a darker time in world history. It really does. It is so obvious. It is so blatant. And that is a very good point. It just so happened I... uh, I uh, not a sponsor or anything. I wish, uh, but uh, I did get a sponsor, uh, a uh, membership to Audible lately because it's like, man, I really have a hard time. I have ADD from hell, so it is hard for me to read a lot of books. I, I do my best, but uh, I'm like, man, you know, hey, I got time at work. This would be a great time to uh, listen to some of these books and go back over some that I've, uh, you know, uh, took me a long time to uh, try to plow through. And, you know, if it takes you a month to read a book, you don't really retain all the information. I just throw that out there. Uh, You don't retain all the information by the time you've lived life for the month and you kind of pick it up here and there. And so going back and and uh, listening to some of these because you can concentrate on it better. Um, And it's just really, uh, uh, really an obvious point uh recently it was uh going through road to serfdom and it's like wow you know it's just really really very poignant to uh point out like the things that were done then like hey you know we need to take this right away but we're going to give this right and and you know legal versus uh rule of law and and that's you know very obvious what they uh are doing right now and it's it's just terrifying uh i gotta take a quick break i'll be right back Rated the worst. Losing the most bags. Shrinking legroom during COVID. American requires passengers to show ID to fly, but attacks Texas's popular voter ID law. Why is CEO Doug Parker trying to appease the radical left? To distract from billions in taxpayer bailouts, from his $10 million payday, from Americans' record layoffs. Doug Parker, American Airlines. Serve your customers, not woke politicians is constantly political. Why? Cover. Congressional reports suspect Nike used forced labor in China. Religious minorities were ripped from their families, sterilized, sold to factories. Nike made shoes in those same areas. Congress tried to ban Nike's labor practices. Nike fought back with highly paid lobbyists. Rather than hiring Americans, Nike chose China. John Donahoe, Nike. Stop exploiting foreign labor. Serve your customers, not woke politicians is getting political attacking georgia's popular voting law why to distract from years of dismal sales terrible 2020 results reports suspecting they benefited from forced labor in china coca-cola products are poisoning america's youth and worsening the obesity epidemic so the company tried funding phony science to minimize the harms but they got busted james quincy coca-cola stop poisoning our children serve your customers (laughs) not woke politicians all right, and we're back here. Uh, a lot to get into, so I uh, leave the voting thing alone for the moment in the filibuster, which apparently that's going to be the new. And, of course, uh, I have a feeling that when uh, – it's not just going to be the filibuster. 
let's be honest about it. What's going to happen is if things go the way that, you know, uh, they probably will uh, on the mandates, the vax mandates and whatnot. Next, you'll hear not only do you need to kill the filibuster and you definitely need to kill it because we need to pack the Supreme Court because, well, they're just subverting democracy again. But the general rule of thumb is if uh, they say uh, subverting democracy, uh, that just means you are uh, not agreeing with the Democrat Party. That's the whole point. If you agree with them, it is great and wonderful. If you don't, then you are subverting democracy. That is a very uh, Hitlerian uh, point of view. That was what all dictators have always done. That's uh, what all uh, you know, fascist and, and uh, communist uh, leaderships have always done is uh, say, hey, listen, if you don't agree with us, it's not that you don't agree or you have a different opinion. If you don't agree with us, well, then you are a traitor. You are an insurrectionist. You are a evil, uh, you know, dangerous person. You need to be locked up and, and, and pushed down and sent to camps or whatever. So it is very uh, a, a very usual thing that they've done. So, uh, of course, now, uh, I did talk about some of this um, this weekend about the um, – Supreme Court. Unfortunately, I guess they didn't realize that these uh, uh, these things were going to be uh, recorded and uh, put out there. So uh, here is uh, Sotomayor. I talked about this, but uh, it's just better to hear it directly from her. These people have no idea uh, what the hell is going on. Here is Sotomayor. We had a year ago in January. Um, we have hospitals that are almost at full capacity with people is severely ill on ventilators. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in, in serious right. condition, and uh, many on ventilators. Um, so saying it's a different variant just underscores the fact that without the without. Um, yeah, you have no idea what the hell you're going on. And then they tried to uh, defend her somehow and say, well, she was broadcasting. She was doing it from her office because she has uh, she's a diabetic. What the hell does that happen? Really? Doesn't mean I wasn't aware. I was not aware that being a diabetic meant that you couldn't uh you know read the actual numbers that you couldn't research is this something new is this a new symptom you can't comprehend numbers you can't uh, get accurate information if you're a diabetic i don't believe so i don't think that's a thing i'm pretty sure it's not pretty sure it's not huh strange so here is a direct um takedown of just this very thing that she's talking about. Here's the governor, the acting governor of New York, whatever, uh, talking about, well, you know, those uh, COVID numbers, they may be just a little inflated, just teeny bit inflated. Looking at just uh, on the 4th of January, we realized that 39% of the people are hospitalized with non-COVID-related reasons. And checking in yesterday's number, that number was actually 42%. Now, that is our statewide average. But it's important to also look at the variations in our different parts of the state. The most number of people admitted for non-COVID reasons as of just yesterday or a couple days ago are in New York City. Uh, it's about 50-50, 50-50. So half of the hospitalizations in New York City are someone who needs to be there because of their COVID, severity of their COVID situation. And the other half are there for other reasons. Yeah, that's kind of important. 
that's kind of important you go to the hospital with a broken arm because you need it set and put a cast on it and they go man we got to test you for covid well you, you, you you're positive okay well i'm here for my arm it's kind of broken uh but you get listed as a covid patient and they're like oh our hospitals are getting overrun well they're getting overrun from shit apparently that's not covid but you know if you're a diabetic you can't find that information uh we've figured that out now so um you know hey maybe you had a few too many cookies uh, at lunch and it's really uh screwed with your brain and uh, that may be a problem here is uh rochelle walensky of the uh cdc saying well <laughs> even the death numbers and eh, they may be problematic as well oops I want to ask you about those encouraging headlines that we're talking about this morning, this new study showing just how well vaccines are working to prevent severe illness. Given that, is it time to start rethinking how we're living with this virus that it's potentially here to stay? The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75%, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. Oh, really? Really? That would have been important information for us to know I don't know. Well, actually, many of us already knew this. Isn't that strange? Those numbers have been around, and apparently we didn't have too many cookies for lunch, and uh, so we're okay. We don't have the brain fog, and we're okay. We can uh, we can uh, process that and say, listen, if you're really old, because I have the numbers right here. These are interesting. So uh, the CDC did put, and these are CDC numbers. I didn't pull this off of any crackpot website, any of that sort of thing. Uh, we're going to get, I have a stack of papers today. Very interesting. Uh, grab these real quick. Uh, it's at the bottom of the stack, of course, because why wouldn't they be? Very interesting. 75% of all deaths, all deaths, all, you know, 825,79 now. Okay, 825,079 deaths. Okay, as of this numbers right here this would have been uh one seven so just a few days ago uh 75 of them are 65 and older and as walensky just said four or more comorbidities what does that mean a lot of people don't understand what that means which means you should clarify for the uh you know people that need help with that so if you have four or more comorbidities what does that mean? So that doesn't mean like soda my ore is like, well, I can't come to work because I have diabetes. Um, really? Really? Huh. I'm a diabetic. I had two cookies. I can't come to work. I might catch the coof. That's not what they're saying. And you have people freaking out, you know, all over the place. Like, well, you know, I have this condition. So, yeah, I'm going to be at high risk. That's not what they're saying. They're saying four or more. That means you have, uh, you know, probably uh, cancer, uh, kidneys are shutting down, probably have congestive heart failure, um, not doing well, plus you're elderly, and now uh, you get something that tips the scale. That is what we're talking about with the majority, 75% or more. 75% or more were people that would have passed away. People need to understand this. Would have passed away from their other illnesses, their other conditions. These were not well people. These were people that were at the end of life. That anything, anything that happened, anything that happened could have tipped that scale. That's what people need to understand about this and should have known. And I know I've talked about it. I know many others have talked about it. I know I did over and over. People need to understand that. That is why this has all been silly. 
and insane. Anytime that you are at that stage of life and have that much disease and illness going on, anything can tip the scale. Anything. Is it sad? It does not diminish the fact that it's sad people are dying. The reality of it is these are people that would have died anyway. And that is the number that we need. If you eliminate 75% of the COVID deaths, what are we talking about? And when I say eliminate them, eliminate them in the fact that you say, listen, these were not caused from COVID. Okay, COVID did not cause them to die. They didn't catch COVID and COVID killed them. Okay, in all reality, these were people that were very ill and they were going to die. They just happened to have COVID when they died or COVID tipped the scale of their already uh, very ill situation. And so that distinction needed to be made and it needs to be made and it needs to be reinforced. Because if you take 75% away from that, then now we're talking about something completely and utterly. But they can't. They can't go back now and try to redo this. Because if they start to admit that 75% of this was going to happen anyway, and that they have destroyed lives, the economy, the country, in many ways, a lot of freedom and liberty over what amounts to less, less, the normal flu deaths. You might have a real, real, real big problem. You might have a real big issue coming at you. So, of course, they're not going to want to really clarify that. That's why she goes, well, I mean, they had four more comorbidities. So don't be scared now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't be scared now. The hell have you been doing? But now they're trying to roll it back. They're trying hard to roll it back quickly. And try to get out of the way. But here, um, Walensky doesn't even have the number, the correct numbers now. In some hospitals that we've talked to, up to 40% of the patients who are coming in with COVID are coming in not because they're sick with COVID, but because they're coming in with something else and have uh, had to COVID or the Omicron variant detected. Right. But I guess, do you know how many of the 836,000 deaths in the U.S. linked to COVID are from COVID or how many are with COVID, but they had other comorbidities? Do you have that breakdown? Um, yes, of course, with Omicron, we're following that very carefully. Our death registry, of course, um, takes a few weeks to and is, uh, takes a few weeks to collect. Um, and of course, Omicron has just been with us for a few weeks, but those data will be forthcoming. Oh, really? Huh? Weird. Uh, wasn't she just on CNN with the numbers? Can somebody check that? I believe she was just on CNN with the numbers and said, yeah, 75% of them. But now she's on with Brett Baer on Fox. She's like, huh? numbers? Number? I have no idea. Numbers, numbers, letters, they get mixed up all the time. No idea. No clue. Uh, again, I will have to give it to Jake Tapper. Uh, he actually tried to uh, do a little bit of news again. Here you go. Assertions made by the Supreme Court justices today that were simply false. Uh, one example, Justice Sotomayor said, quote, we have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in, in serious condition, and many on ventilators. That That's just not true. Okay. There are fewer than 5,000 minors hospitalized with COVID right now, seen there on the right. We're showing the figures. Not 100,000. 
And that includes minors who were admitted because of COVID and ones who tested positive but had been hospitalized for other That's reasons. Yeah, what it do is. you make it of this? Is. Well, there were a lot. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, there he is making a good point. And the lady uh, comes back and she's like, well, a lot of people said wrong things today. Okay. Um, did they? What exactly did they say that was wrong? Yeah, that'd be a question. Well, here's one. Here's another uh, one that just psh, doesn't do numbers. I'd like to turn this to is a steak. You heard what I asked. I mean, you know, 750 million new cases yesterday or close to that is a, a lot. I don't yeah. mean to be facetious. But that, that, that's why I said uh, I would find. Yeah, that would be a lot, you jackass. Numbers, people. Numbers. They matter. They matter. 750 million is double the U.S. population. Did everybody in America catch it twice yesterday? Think about it. Or are we talking worldwide? Did 750 million people worldwide? Because that's a whole different story considering we have 7 billion people worldwide. 750 million catching a virus would not be that unheard of in a population of 7 billion. Numbers matter. They really do. But no, of course he's not. He's, you know, just being maybe he had a few too many cookies for lunch too. You just don't know. You don't know. Um the only one of the Supreme Court justices that mentioned the law, and this is really a big issue because, you know, none of them mentioned the law. None of them actually talked about what they should be. Here's Gorsuch. He tried to at least talk about the law. If, if there is an ambiguity, why isn't this a major question that therefore belongs to the people's representatives of the states huh? and in the halls of Congress, oh. given that the statute at issue here is, as the Chief Justice pointed out, 50 years old, doesn't address this question. The rule affects, I believe, we're told, 80 million people, and the government reserves the right to extend it to every private business in the country. Traditionally, states have had the responsibility for overseeing vaccination mandates. What? I rejected a challenge to one just the other day from New Mexico. Um, Congress has had a year to act on the question of vaccine mandates already. As the Chief Justice points out, it appears that the federal government is going agency by agency as a workaround to its inability to get Congress to act. Right, right. They love workarounds. They sure love workarounds. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. So at least he mentioned the law. Um, and he's right, yes. The federal government, if they want to do something, then they have to get you know, a majority of the uh, state representatives that are there to agree to it. And they know they can't get that done. And so they're trying workarounds. And, you know, it looks, it appears that this is not going to work, which is, you know, a good thing. It's a very good thing. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, it, uh, it looks like uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, and that's when you're going to hear, you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it. Uh, we got to get rid of the filibuster because they're not giving us all of our voting workarounds that we need. And we need to work around this mandate thing because, you know, these vaccines are working so well. And that's another thing that's driving me nuts. All these people, um, AOC, of course, she was partying down in uh, Florida. Um, she's been vaxxed and boosted, probably got four shots by now. Um, you know, so many of them, of course, and they call them breakthrough cases. They're not breakthrough cases. Come on. Can we stop with this? 
eighty percent of I uh, saw what was it eighty uh, percent of uh, one area here uh, all has COVID. Eighty percent of them are all vaxxed and boosted. Yeah, I mean that's the the issue. The issue is the vaccine. And if you don't believe me, if you want to say, well, he's crazy, he's spitting misinformation. You know, he's talking about these vaccines don't work. Wow, he must be a terrible human being. Well, you know what? I'll do you a favor. You don't have to take it from me that they're not working. No, you don't have to listen to me. Why don't you listen to the CEO of Pfizer? Here he is saying that, well, they're not working. Know that um, the three, the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, okay. if any. Two doses, the three doses with a booster. Three. They offer reasonable protection Reason. against hospitalization and deaths. Uh, and against deaths, I think, very good. Um, and less protection against uh, infection. Now, Wait, less? we are working on it. Hold up. How do you even quantify that? That is made up bullshit. You do the three shot, uh, you know, you no die. I go to hospital a little less and you know die. But uh, don't help with infection. Uh, isn't that the point of a vaccine? Because see here, I've been all my life believing that that was the point of a vaccine. And apparently, I was wrong. You take the vaccine and you get sick anyway. Well, who says in any quantifiable way that it you do better? Because there's been people that have died. Obviously, people are dying with all three shots. And then they come out and say, well, it could have been worse. What, double death? What are you talking about? They still got the virus. So therefore, you have no way to quantifiably tell me in any real evidence whatsoever that they would have been worse off. Because the whole point is to not get it. That is the point. So if the point of your product is to cause something not to happen and it continues to keep happening, well, then it's just not working. It's failure. And so he said, yeah, not working, not working. He still gets sick. Uh, they didn't die, though. Well, I don't know about that. It seems like people were still dying. I'm not really sure. Strangely enough, uh, seems like the same exact rate as before we had vaccines. That's weird. Very weird. Anyway, but he's got the solution. Don't worry. Do not worry whatsoever. Don't worry at all. Pfizer's got your back. Here you go. Uh, on a new version of our vaccine, the 1.1, let me put it that way. Okay. That uh, will cover Omicron as well. And, uh, of course, uh, we are waiting to, to have the final results. The vaccine will be ready in March. In March. Oh, good, March. Well, let me tell you something. Um, have you ever heard, uh, it's a really old uh, Southern uh, saying, of locking the barn door after the horse has been stolen? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of pointless. That's exactly what you're doing. Uh, we make no vaccine to cover Omicron. Of course, Omicron will be gone because it's going to be two months from now. Considering we've got uh, an average of, what, about 750,000, not million, not million, 750,000 is the average right now, uh, being infected daily, um, um, let me think. I can do the math pretty quickly. Um, pretty much everybody's going to have it. 
and be over it long before uh, Pfizer comes out with new vaccine that uh, uh, you know die. All right, there's a magical shot. You know die. Now you still get sick. You still give it to your friends, but you know die. Oh, okay, good. Um, yeah. Um, I got some salt water out here. Probably do the same damn thing, you jackass. What a dick. Uh, and and these people are. <sighs> Don't worry. Don't worry. You know die. You know die. Here's a very disturbing uh, staying on the COVID situation. Got a couple more stories on the coof right now. Um, number one, this is really uh, crazy. This was actually from Tucker. Uh, I believe it was night before or last night. I'm not sure which one. Uh, a new uh, thing about race-based uh, care in the U.S. This is a little bit of a longer clip, but this was his story on it, and it's quite terrifying. Uh, here it is very afraid of the virus then. There was no treatment protocol for it. Vaccines seemed like the only hope. So the meeting was very significant. The CDC's chief medical officer, a person called Kathleen Dooling, unveiled her plan to distribute the vaccines nationally. She began by acknowledging that older Americans indeed faced the greatest risk, as everyone understood. So logically, if you wanted to save as many Americans as possible from dying, you would give preference, the very first shots, to people over 65. That's the obvious policy. It might be the only morally defensible policy. But there was a problem with doing that, she explained. Older Americans were too white. As Dooling put it, quote, racial and ethnic minority groups are underrepresented among adults age 65 and older. And this meant, according to Dooling, they could not be allowed to get the first COVID shots, whether they needed them or not. So instead, Dooling recommended giving priority to a group the government started calling essential workers. Their main qualification was not that they were essential, but they were less white than old people. So that's what the CDC went with. Its panel overwhelmingly approved Kathleen Dooling's recommendation. None of this got a lot of notice at the time, but it was a major change. Never in American history, modern history in any case, has the federal government made it official policy to withhold life-saving medical treatment from Americans on the basis of their skin color. But that's exactly what the CDC did. Those most likely to die of COVID had to wait weeks until their vaccines were approved. How many of them died in the meantime as they waited? No one kept track of those numbers because nobody seemed to care. And because nobody cared, the trend continued. Race had become a deciding factor in the distribution of critical health care in this country. Several states made it explicit. Whites would go last in the COVID vaccine queue, regardless of need. The state of Vermont did this, so did the state of Montana. And then the moment he was declared president-elect, Joe Biden made it official. A concept called equity, a kind of hyper-aggressive, racially hostile affirmative action, would form the basis of everything the new administration did, beginning with COVID policy. Here's Biden before even being sworn in last year. I want to be very clear what my priorities are for distributing this emergency aid swiftly and equitably. Our focus will be on small businesses on Main Street that aren't wealthy and well-connected, that are facing real economic hardships through no fault of their own. Our priority will be black, Latino, Asian, and Native American-owned small businesses, women-owned businesses. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that was the the race-based COVID policy, money policy, all of it. It's a really strange, crazy, uh, uh, just, you know, fascist sort of system. Here is a a thing from Utah. Uh, Their uh, race-based 
vaccine policy. You'll enjoy this. Uh, go down the list, and they have a scale, a scoring scale of how to score, uh, and whoever has the most points wins, okay? So, uh, you know, it comes down to male only gets one point. Well, that's weird. That's strange, considering uh, males were more, uh, are actually dying more than females from this. But anyway, age is only uh, is a half a point for every decade. So, okay, we got that score. Non-white race or Hispanic Latinx. I guess maybe if you're sick, you need a Latinx. Um, I'm not sure what the hell that is. Uh, you get two points. So, if you are, um, and the rest of them score obesity to um, immune compromise to, uh, you know, all this sort of thing. Chronic chronic kidney disease you get a point congestive heart failure a point but the thing is is if you have all these and you're older but you're non-white well of course you get pushed to the front of the line that is some kind of crazy nazi uh bullshit that they came up with um the fact that that's out there and no one is losing their mind besides me i uh i just it's hard to believe here is uh from the de- Texas Department of Health, uh, their race-based uh, thing. Here's an interesting video. So I'm not going to be able to get it today? Because I don't qualify? Yeah, what, if I, what if I, like, smoke and vape? I heard that was a... No? no. no. Okay. But if I were black and Hispanic, then I'd be able to qualify? Okay. I'm being <laughs> denied medical service because of my race. Is that... That's the criteria. That's the criteria. Oh, Okay. <laughs> no problem. She no problem at all. You know why there's no problem at all? Because she knows that the only people that would have a problem with it that could do anything about it would be the federal government under the Civil Rights Act. And do you think that Biden and all the crazy crazed ideologues are going to go and punish people and say, "No, you can't discriminate on the base of race if you're discriminating against white people?" No. Of course not. Of course not. They're applauding it. They are pushing it. So therefore, therefore, they are uh, going to support it. And of course, you have cool little uh, Nazis like uh, Doug Little here. Uh, I guess he was. Uh, oh, good. He uh, tweeted at uh, Keith Oberman and Joe Rogan. Uh, I don't know who this guy is, but apparently he's. Uh, uh, studying up to be a uh, part of the Führer's brigade brigade. Uh, he said, uh, my position is we must make the lives of the unvaccinated a total misery and just keep escalating the exclusions until we crush the resistance and break their spirit in order to force compliance. So they learn not to resist government mandates. Yes. You little Nazi. I hope you're happy. You know what? I think you're a few decades too late. Um, you know what we did to the Nazis, right? You know what the world did to them, right? I hope you've learned your lesson. Apparently, many of these people have not not learned their lesson whatsoever. They have no concept of what that means, and uh, it is escalating further and further and further. Uh, they're just horrible people. Uh, speaking of which, now that we know all this about the vaccine, we even heard from Pfizer. He said, vaccine no work. Uh, we make new one. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, sounds like a great plan. Uh, but you need to get it. You need to get it. Why? Uh, well, they can't really can't really come up with a great uh, 
a great explanation of why you should get it. Here's an interesting one I found. Uh, this is actually Fauci in 2019 before all this happened. And I'm not really sure what this interview was about, but he's talking about a virus and what you should do to protect yourself. Check this out. This is really interesting what he had to say then. Best way for me to prevent getting an infectious disease and having to have you as my doctor is what? Um, wearing a mask. No, um, no, no. no, no. Do that. You, um, if somebody's, I can see they're ready to sneeze or cough, you, walk away. No. You avoid all the paranoid aspects and okay. do something positive. A, good diet. B, you don't smoke, I know. I know you don't drink, Who at least not guy? very much, so that's pretty good. Get some exercise. I know that you don't get as much exercise as yes, you should. That's correct. Get good sleep. I think that the normal, low-tech, healthy things okay. are the best thing that you can do, David, is stay All healthy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess we have uh, abandoned all aspects of that. Stay home, drink, eat yourself stupid with all the stuff they deliver to you, and just wait for the government to send you a check. And uh, make sure you get 14 jabs. Although, uh, as Pfizer CEO said, <laughs> they no work. No big deal. Uh, we try it later. Maybe again. Uh, so some really interesting things happen. Uh, after uh, the whole uh, issue the other night on Tucker, and I know this is uh, from that show where he uh was really uh busting ted cruz's chops about saying uh the terrorist thing for january 6th as deserved he should have been busted for it because he needs not to be uh throwing words around that actually enforce uh the leftist uh fascist agenda so uh therefore uh after that he was then in congress and he uh, was asking the director of the fbi and this is very interesting because the fbi director essentially yesterday admitted that the fbi was involved in january 6th and people go well no that's not what she said yes it is exactly what she said and you can judge for yourself uh here she is uh part one of this they were in on it how many fbi agents or confidential informants actively participated in the events of january 6th sir i'm sure you can appreciate that i can't go into the specifics of sources and methods uh did any F i can't go into sources and methods really really what sources and methods would be uh say an issue if none were involved mm, i'm guessing zero uh, I guess the easiest way to get rid of that would be like uh, you just say, that's insane. You think we would be involved in some kind of uh, a riot or, or and you know, forcing some kind of action that would be illegal? Uh, we would never do that. That's crazy talk. That's conspiracy stuff. What are you talking about? No, she said, I can't answer that. That'd be revealing sources and methods. In other words, we did it. Anyway, there's more to this because FBI it, agents or confidential or informants confidential actively participate in the events of January 6th. Yes or no? Sir, I can't, I can't answer that. Did any FBI agents or confidential informants commit crimes of violence on January 6th? I can't answer that, sir. Did any FBI agents or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? Sir, I can't answer that. Wow. Um, in other words, we did it. We did it. 
we did it. We did it. And what are you going to do about it, Ted? Nothing. There's nothing you can do. I fear no repercussions because the party in charge is the one that wanted it to happen. The people at the top were involved in it and they are tied to the Democrat Party. So I fear no repercussion. Otherwise, I would be vehement, vehemently denying it like you are the craziest person on earth. The fact that I'm sitting here going, oh, I can't answer that. Can't answer that. Why couldn't you answer that? A simple no would have worked out real well, wouldn't it? The only reason you can't answer is because it's a yes. It's real obvious. It's real, real damn obvious. Don't worry. There's a part two where uh, somebody else gets involved to try to find out who, by the way, is Ray Epps. Okay, so this is, it gets back to what I, I meant earlier, like asking if you're prepared for this hearing. Um, you're the Assistant Attorney General for National Security. You run the National Security Division. The department has said that these January 6th prosecutions are one of their highest priorities. This is a man who was on the most wanted page for six months. Do you really, do you really expect us to believe that you've never heard of the name Ray Epps? You don't know anything about him? I simply don't have any information at all, uh, Senator, about that individual. He doesn't have any information about that individual. You know who does, though? This is really strange. You know who does? Strangely enough, the January 6th committee. Huh. They came out yesterday and said, oh, that's crazy conspiracy stuff. We talked to Ray Epps. Oh, did you? Well, that's strange because he was on the FBI's most wanted list. And if you spoke to him, I think you're supposed to turn him over. Oh, wait a second. He disappeared off the board altogether. How did he do that? Well, according to the January 6th committee, don't worry, we talked to Mr. Epps, and Mr. Epps informed us. Really, he informed you about what? Because, you know, there's a lot of people in this country, you know, namely our country, that would like to know uh, what the hell you spoke to this guy about since he was out there instigating and uh, stirring up the crowd and involved for two days and apparently didn't even have to uh, get arrested and spend a year in solitary, uh, said he informed us that he was not employed by working with or acting at the direction of any law enforcement agency on January 5th or 6th or at any other time, and that he has never been an informant for the FBI or any other law enforcement agency, which means all of that is true because they do not know how to do anything but lie. So basically, they just confirmed he worked for them too because I know how these people work. You know how these people work. They lie. They lie. And then right after that, they lie again. They are full of shit, and it's coming out now. They are involved, absolutely involved. So what did we learn? We learned a lot this week. We learned that the FBI was involved in January 6th because it would be easy to say no, and they couldn't even say no. And we found out from Pfizer themselves that vaccine no work. We come up with new one later. Don't worry. Go ahead and get the jab. It's fun. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how that works. Anyway, there was another big story I wanted to get to. Actually, two of them. Those will have to wait till the next episode because I am way over time right now. So, um, wow. Uh, ran a little long today. That's fine. A lot of important things going on this week. Um, we'll also be talking about the um, the rulings that come down because the Supreme Court has said they will have rulings on at least two things by the end of the week. Everybody's thinking that that will be on the uh, abortion issue as well. I don't think so. I actually think they're going to rule on the two parts of this uh, COVID mandate. Uh, my um, suspicion is one's going to go uh, to uh, 
strike down the private company's mandate and probably uphold the um, the federal uh, employee mandate, uh, something like that. Uh, there's going to be a split decision. I have a, a very horrible feeling about that. Uh, I don't think we're going to hear the abortion one right now. I don't think anybody's going to bring that out. Uh, they said they had to the end of the year, and I'm sure they will take every minute of it because they are, um, yeah, they are political uh, creatures, just like everybody else. And anything that would drastically uh, make that big of a uh, an issue i think they're going to wait till after midterms to announce their decision i'm just you know i could be wrong i could be completely wrong and if i am i would admit it but i think that's what's going to happen but we have some really interesting stories about new evidence that's come out about fauci and about the government involvement in the coof and everything else so it's going to be very interesting uh the next episode will have much much more on it as well uh, another project veritas story on fauci and the federal government involved in covid um, and we also have some more stuff, uh, crazy DA in Manhattan and lots and lots of fun stuff. So anyway, I will be back on Saturday, uh, and, uh, have plenty more. Please, uh, do remember to like, subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, all those things help out very, very much. It is very appreciated. And I, uh, very, uh, very grateful for all the people that listen every week and, uh, check everything out. It really means a whole lot to me. Uh, if you'd like to send a message, question, comment, any of those things, you can do so at Eric's America Pod is Facebook. Uh, Eric's-America.com is the website. And as well as uh, Eric's America Pod, all one word, all lowercase, at Gmail. And send an old-fashioned email if you would like. And until Saturday, please remember, it's no agenda, just America. America.